Welcome back, dude. Episode 75 of the pod. And we're we're three quarters there, man. We're three quarters to a hundred. And uh that's that's fucking crazy, man. I to even think I put out 75 episodes of of the podcast was not even in like I didn't even think that. Like it was just I was just going along. So it's cool to be here, man. 75 eps. Super fun. Still doing it, still loving it. It's all good. It's all great. It's all good. All good, dude. All great, dude. And um Yeah, man, I got I want to plan something special for the hundred. And when that happens, you will hear it. And that'll be that. But let's get on let's get on topic and let's talk about Yitler. You might know him as Kanye West, dude. And I spoke about Kanye and all this shit like a couple weeks back. And, you know, shit didn't change for him. It got a lot worse, you know. Uh, yeah, not looking so good, bud. No, if I was if I was in his squad and stuff, I'd be like, hey, this is bad. <laughs> he, dude, Kanye goes, uh, I guess he did an interview with Alex Jones, which is like the worst person I guess to get an interview by Alex Jones was sued for like somewhat of like one billion or I don't even know how many billion had to file for bankruptcy because a long time ago he said that the Sandy Hook shootings were fake that the people were crisis actors that nobody died and uh and you know he caused the people who lost their children to a shooting a lot of pain and suffering thereafter because when they moved to a new place they would basically harass these people tell them that like their kids didn't really die that it's all a hoax and all that stuff which by the way even if it was like let's just say i'm not saying it did, it was at all i'm just saying like in a world where this was a hoax what like what would it matter to you to go up to the people and tell them like this was fake like it's not changing your life or narrative in any way, shape, or form. So why even do that, you know? So we just know that there's people that are just pieces of shit because that's just what they're going to be. And regardless of, like, what you tell them or the narrative, they're always going to be pieces of shit. So although I'm pretty sure that's kind of hard to, like, think of when they're yelling and yelling at you about something that's, like, affecting you deeply. So... Connie went on to Alex's Jones, um, I don't know, I guess InfoWars or whatever, maybe he has to change the name, I don't know what the fuck Alex Jones is on now, but he did an interview with him where he said that he liked Hitler or some shit like that, which is, I don't even have to, I don't have to get close to what he said because the fact that like it was complimentary to Hitler is kind of like where you lose everything, and look dude, I don't know about you guys, but like like, I'm trying my best to separate the art from the artist, like, as best as I can. But this motherfucker is on a trap... That, that, what is it? A trapeze line? Yeah, sure, let's call it that. I don't know if that's the right word. He's on a trapeze line of, like, very... Like, it's a fucking... The thinnest hair you can find. This motherfucker is standing one foot, still saying wild shit. And by the way, there's, like, flames burning on both of these things. And as soon as the fire touches this piece of hair, this shit goes all crumbling down. And Kanye's like, nah, I'm going to say something else. This dude is fucking, dude, this motherfucker wants all the smoke. Any smoke, he wants it. It doesn't matter. He'll just say the most crazy. Now, he's known to double down. Like, this dude does double down on everything. But 
dude, this is like insane as as far as like the the thing the hill he's willing to die on, right? Because he's like, I've never heard so much like like Jewish talk about Jewish people ever. You know, I, I live in South Texas, and you don't come around like a Jewish person almost ever, at least that I know of. Or obviously, they're not advertising like, "Hey, I'm Jewish." Like, so it's crazy to to hear all this talk surrounding it and just kind of being more aware. Like I listened to uh, the Sarah Silverman podcast and she talks a lot about it. And, you know, I just do, I did not know about the persecution that Jewish people face other than the Holocaust, which again, people that don't believe in that, it's kind of like, Yeah, but don't you, like, in some which, I mean, look, I didn't have anybody who fought in that war that I know of, but it's like, what about the people who did fight in that war? Like, what would they come home to say? Like, imagine, and I'm pretty sure there is, but imagine that, like, somebody's grandfather, like, fought in World War II and, like, you know, came back home, was telling all these stories, and then, like, whatever, 30 years later, there's this kid is born and then this kid grows up to be like the holocaust never happened even though i had a grandfather who served in it in in that war and all that stuff it's like i don't know man i'm pretty sure there is somebody out there like that but for people to say it wasn't real i mean i haven't heard anything so fucking idiotic but besides the earth being flat and i don't know i guess like the internet giveth and the internet taketh away right because it gives us a lot of funny shit, a lot of great shit information, but then it also takes away when people are like, the earth is flat like a pancake, and if you go too far, you'll fall off. Now imagine, now imagine, you're living, you're living in the biggest information time ever, right? You can almost, I mean, shit, dude, they're shooting videos from, uh, like, astronauts fixing satellites in space, and then, and then of course, some people are like, this is fake, this is doctored, it's fucking bullshit, and it's like, Cool, man. I don't know what the fuck else to tell you besides when they take you in the rocket one day and you see the curvature of the earth and it's not flat. Like, what then? But also, who gives a shit if it's flat? Like, dude, you don't look at your life and go like, man, I fucking suck. Like, my life sucks and I'm going to obsess over something that literally would not change the outcome of my life whether I know it or not. Like, look, if they're lying to you, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like, you still live in your same little country, in your same little fucking state, in your city, and you're not going to really move from there. So what's what's the difference? You're never going to explore Earth or outer space. So fucking get yourself some bread, you know? Get your shit together and stop thinking of dumb shit like that, you know? Now, Kanye has all the bread, and you thought maybe all the mental, like... Wear all that it's like he can not say dumb shit like that and you think losing a billion dollars overnight would help him be like nah i better chill but i think this man is trying to prove that he can say the most outlandish shit and still survive like now look if he drops a new album yeah i'm gonna check it out you know i'm curious you know but dude he's losing he's losing this thing that like made him who he was he's almost becoming like and maybe this is his plan the whole time, right? Maybe he's done with all this shit. Maybe he has enough money to live out the rest of his life the way he wants, you know? 
fucking, you know, he's going out in style, I guess. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't want people to fuck with him anymore. Maybe he's doing all this just so he could live alone in a house somewhere by himself and just live out the end of his days not being Kanye West, not having this, you know, the amount of stress I assume that he's he's put on over the years. And I'm not trying to excuse this man's behavior. I'm just saying, like, it seems logical that this guy is doing so much crazy shit just to really, like, I want to lose it all, and I'm just going to disappear. Now, if that happens, what the fuck is Complex going to post about? God damn, Complex is, like, thriving off of Kanye content. I don't know how those motherfuckers are going to stay relevant, but anyways, it's crazy, man. And then one of my friends sent me an article that, uh, I think it was like a satire, like uh newspaper or not newspaper, but like uh, online news. Now there's so many of them, dude. There's just all these like satirical <laughs> news things. You almost have to like you almost have to read slowly and, and read the satire, but like it said that like Kanye changes his name to to Hitler. <laughs> I'll give him that. Those, but like uh, I would have did a play on words like Kanye Tita to Kanye Hitler. I don't know, just me. But um, yeah, dude, I, I didn't know there was so much persecution on these people. I'm like, what did they do to people so bad that like? That makes them makes people say shit like this. I really don't know. Like, I thought Mexicans were the fucking hated because we were on the other side of the border just trying to come up here to get jobs and shit. But no, just because we don't have a lot of uh, our hands and a lot of big things, I guess they don't really care. It's not until, you know, you you know or your hands are in some some big time shit that they actually start caring. But since we just keep our heads down and keep working, people are like, nah, just fucking just leave them alone. But like, Fucking tell them to watch out, you know? At least that's the vibe I get, but... But yeah, dude, I had no idea, like... People... I mean... Shit, I didn't even know, like... Like, uh... There was, like, derogatory words for Jewish people until, like, I was in my 20s. Like, I... That's how much... I didn't even... You know, I heard about the Holocaust in school... And even then I was like, well, fuck, that sounds like the most horrible thing I've ever heard. Well, good thing we went in there, took care of it. And we, and we, you know, and that was it. And cause you know, like I said, I never came across a Jewish person in my life. And then like when I'm in my twenties, that's when shit starts to turn where like, you'll just be having a conversation with somebody like, oh yeah, that was sick. I remember that. Yeah. I remember when Nickelodeon used to do that. And then somebody would just be like, yeah, but you know the Jews control the media, right? And you're like, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you? What? Chill out, dude. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't say that shit out loud. Like, what are you saying? And then you'd be again talking. Dude, these tacos are so fucking good. It's like, yeah, but it's also crazy how the Jews, you know, also run the jewelry business. And it's like, dude, like, shut. You keep saying this shit, man. And people are going to fucking think you're weird. So shut the fuck up. And then you stop hanging out with that dude. And then, like, you figure out he's, like, just turned into a big conspiracy theory and you're uh, conspiracy theorists. It's like, imagine you you created something that isn't, there's no school for, but, like, you can claim as, like, a, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I, uh, I look into stories that are a little odd and, you know, I really have no proof, but I say, like, but, dude, what if it really happened to everybody, you know? That's, what, that's my go-to line is I go, yeah, but what if it happened? It's like, yeah, but it didn't. And it's not, and you're wasting your fucking time. Dude, I can't give any 
I I literally can't give any thought to to conspiracy theories like maybe the moon landing and definitely JFK. I mean JFK they've already fucking they've almost butt figured that shit out like on our own with with the information that people are looking for. And then you have what the moon landing, the Manson murders, all this shit, right? It's it's sort of kind of getting figured out, but not really. And and it will never until the people who fucking know what happened actually say something and tell you something. But until then, it's all conspiracy. It's all, you know, what's what ifs and what could be or whatever. And it's just like, but yeah, like the even me, like hearing a conspiracy theory, I hear, I go, ooh, that's kind of creepy, and I go. Okay, I'm going to continue living my life now because this can't take up every day. Like, it's just too much, man. And I've met people who, like, who talk like they only talk in conspiracy or they only talk in, like, theory of of that. And it's like, dude, after a while, like, it's going to be kind of annoying hanging out with you because you're like, yeah, dude, she got my order wrong. But I think this is why, you know, it's like, no, dude, you just fucking your your order's complicated. You suck. Like, and we're going to stop hanging out with you, you know. But Kanye, Kanye Hitler, you know, dude, like this fucking guy, man, it's crazy. I I honestly believe he's trying to, um, just let it all go. Just like the fame, whatever, like, like I said, he has enough money to support his, the rest of his life, I'm assuming. And, uh, if he never drops an album, but you already know, dude, when his, when his next album comes out, people are like, boycott this album. Don't buy it. Don't stream it. Don't do anything to it. Just leave it. It's like, yeah, that's kind of tough, man. You can't tell people what to do. Cause dude, really some people don't give a fuck what he says or how he feels, or even if it's causing like pain to a, you know, certain group of people, they're just like, yeah, fuck it. You know, that's how much, that's how much like living life other people are on they're just like i'll fucking listen to it i don't give a shit dude i'll fucking do it it's fucking easy man just listen to it and then as soon as it goes oh that album sucked it was yeah he worked on it for five years it fucking sucked it was just a shitty album and then just gone you know so crazy how that is now you can like make a work of art you can spend all this time on it somebody's like oh, it sucks dude and it's like it's not his best work you know, it's like, all right, cool. Well, fuck it. Worked all that time to just to get shit on. But, and you know, dude, like, uh, I, I got to stop. I don't know. Look, when I watch a movie trailer, sometimes a trailer can, can leave you thinking like, oh, I got to go see that. Or you just gave me the whole movie in the trailer. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> done that but it's like dude they give you the whole fucking movie in the trailer you're like oh okay i get you you just didn't want me to see this so you made the trailer that long but one of the movies that i saw that i was like this looks fucking good and interesting was this movie bullet train that brad pitt just did and i know for a fact that like if brad pitt was attached to it it's got to be good like i don't what's the last fucking like bomb this guy had you know i don't think ever and this guy doesn't do like i don't think he does like any rom-coms or anything i don't think he ever did one of those he escaped that little that little area but i saw this movie and i was fucking taken by surprise now i will warn there may possibly be spoilers but i'm not even trying to do that i'm just trying to tell you how like i felt about the movie i'm not trying to give too much 
like really any details about the like the plot and everything like that. But what I will say is like, you know, sometimes I think like I, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, okay, Brad Pitt in it, it must be good. And then you have this sort of like a little bit of a star-studded cast, right? You had that uh, you had a homie from Atlanta who plays Paperboy. I forgot his name. You got uh, the other kid, the other guy who is man. Let me just pull up the fucking. I hate trying to guess um, who was in the movie. I just, I live in, you know, 2022. I could just look this up. So, of course, you got Bradley Pitts. You have Joey King, who plays Prince, who was in that show called... Fuck, I forgot where, like, her mom pretended she was sick. And so, it was like, it was like about a Munchausen's disease. Aaron Taylor Johnson, right? That's one of the guys. He he was cool in there, and um, his brother played by Brian Tyree Henry, which if you know anything about him, they're one's black, one's white. So like that's a cool little thing in the movie where they're like they're twins. What are you talking about? And you know what? Shout out to them for for two things. Shout out to to what's his name to Brian because these two had like an English accent. I thought he did pretty good, honestly. I, like. And then, uh, what's his name? Aaron Tyler Johnson. I mean, like, he, he did a pretty decent job, too. He's like, I don't know. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to shoot this guy. And we're going to get the fuck out of this train. You know, it was, it was pretty good. The, the, I believed, if I didn't know that they spoke English fluently, I, I would kind of be like, oh, okay, two British guys. You know, but sometimes you have some fucking horrible <laughs> accent acting in where they're like, uh, Listen, we're going to go, we're going to get off this train, and then we're going to go get the bags of money, and then we're going to get back on the train, and then when I, when I get back on, I'll, I'll need you to, to order me uh, like a tea, maybe with some lemon, and then, you know, it goes in and out, but these guys fucking killed it, they were awesome in there. Uh, you had... You had this guy... Oh, dude... The fucking oh, you had Zazzy Beats, who's also from Atlanta. Um, oh, I knew it was her. Uh, Karen Fukuhara from uh, The Boys. I, I thought she was in there too. That's cool. And then, dude, look, I don't got a problem with this guy. I don't. But I just, I just fucking wonder how it all happened. But Bad Bunny was in this, dude. Okay, and imagine like you're. <laughs> You're a character playing the character. That this is why I have problems with like these sort of musical acts playing, uh, uh, doing in you know playing roles in movies. It's because you're already a persona. So when you go to the silver screen and you're like, yeah, but I'm this character now. No, you are Bad Bunny playing a character, and that to me kills the movie in a way because. You feel like, oh, this was kind of like, let's get people to go see this movie. The fucking number one streaming artist in the world. I don't know how, because I couldn't tell you one song from another from this guy. I don't even know one song. But, you know, I seen him in there. I was like, okay, cool. This was like a, a ploy by the studio to be like, we need to get some asses in these seats. And, of course, Bradley Pitts brings it. But also, like, can anybody get a hold of Bad Bunny? If he has, if he's got time, I mean, if he's got time, cause let, let us know if, if today he's got time so he can come and do this movie we're doing. And so when people watch the movie, they go, oh shit, it's Bad Bunny. And then they kind of like 
fucking forget that they're watching a movie and they see somebody like Harry Styles. Like, this is fucking Harry Styles. Like, the only way I would allow that is if it was like a comedy role where it's like, oh, they can be funny. But when it comes to like serious drama shit, I'm like, no, dude, you're the guy playing the guy about the guy. Like, this is it's not working. I'm sorry. So for the brief moment, I mean, he did okay. Like, <laughs> he does this look. He does this look. Like, I'm sorry, dude, but when, like, it looks like the look you have when you're, like, you're holding in a shit and you could, it feels like you could go at any moment, but you're trying to be cool in public. And he has this look to him in the movie that I'm like, that dude's holding in a shit. Like, I look at him, I'm like, that motherfucker's holding in a shit. And he's hoping nobody bumps into him hard enough to, like, to just, just, just squeak it out, dude. You know? But I get it. You know, he, it, it's a ploy. It's just, let's get some people who like this guy to come see him in the movie. And you know when that happens, the guy's not going to be, I mean, I don't want to say too much. But anyways, that, that's it. So I saw this movie. But look, other than that, I kind of fucking recommend the shit out of this movie. If I can make a wreck on a movie. I'd say watch it. It's it's good. Like I didn't. I went in being like, oh yeah, I'll watch it because I wanted to go watch it in theaters. But man, it takes so fucking much now to get me to a theater. Honestly, like I, I only see the Marvel stuff because you know at least you know you're getting your money's worth. But other than that, I'm kind of like I'll just wait for streaming. Now is that my fault? No, is that where technology is going? I'm pretty sure. And all these people are just shooting movies, and they're like, ah yeah. It, it, doesn't do good we'll still make our money in the back end on a streaming service whatever and so that's fine whatever you know that gives me the opportunity to watch this movie i liked it a lot i don't think it's the best movie ever but it's fucking entertaining as all hell and there's some great fucking funny parts in it dude it is without a doubt i think like an enjoyable movie if you need something new you're kind of tired of going through the office like for the third time breaking bad for the eighth time the sopranos for the second time you know, The Wire, uh, you know, all the hits. If you're tired of going through that shit, dude, sneak on over to Netflix and and watch Bullet Train. And again, I'm going to tell you guys, this isn't a podcast sponsored by Netflix yet. But when I do, trust me, I'm going to be on this fucking recommendation list like crazy. So no, it's a very good movie. I think you should derf check it out. When you watch Bad Bunny in there, just know that he is holding in his shit, but he had to act his way out of that. You know, and he did. I got to give it to him. He did. But it's also like, eh, that's just Bad Bunny, you know. And also, change your name, right? Because Bad Bunny, like, change it, though? I don't know. Anyways. So I was having this thought, man, about, you know, I I don't know how it is for you guys, but I was... uh, like, I had my my core group of friends growing up, and, you know, we all would meet up at my uh, my next-door neighbor's house. I mean, they were both my neighbors, but specifically the one to my right. And we would go there, and you just never know what you're going to get into, man. It, that was the best part is, like, one day we were like, could we chuck a whole gallon of apple juice or, you know, play Nintendo 64, fucking the WWE Raw, or... You know, neighborhood hide and go seek. It, it was all up. For, anything was possible, and it was it was a great time with those guys. And we all got each other. We all understood each other. We knew that like, what would make us laugh? What would, what our we all had the similar interests, 
And so it made it kind of like difficult if one of these guys went, like couldn't hang out, right? There was days where it's like, oh, okay, one of, one of my friends can hang out. And the other pair of friends I had were brothers actually. So it all, that all kind of worked out too. So if one was missing, it's fine. We had the other two. If two were missing, fine. We had the other one. And, and so, you know, we would just get into like whatever. It was just, a, I, I, you couldn't make me stay inside you know, and, and I hear that that's uh, obviously like a lot of things that like parents say where they're like, uh, we want our kids to play, out, play outside now. But it's like, dude, it's a different world now. It's kind of hard to, I, I find it kind of hard to go with that argument because, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, it was very, the games were good. Like they were very good for the time. But I think we we all found a point where we're like, ah, oh, this is kind of boring. Like, let's go outside and go do something. Let's just hang outside and see what happens. And that was very possible then. And even so much so that, like, we would just spend all day outside or somewhere. Or even if we were playing, like, video games, like GoldenEye, you know what I mean? Like, we would have hours of fun doing that because it was all us four talking shit to each other. It was great. But for the most part, we, we spent all our time outside and... uh you know, but there were days, dude, where like I would, I would go and see if any of my friends could hang out, and sometimes none of them could. They were either cleaning out somewhere. I don't know, who knows. And because of that, I would have to like rely on my my B list friends, right? These were, you know what, dude? I'm not even gonna call them B list. These motherfuckers were like D list, bro. They like I had no second string friends, and I had no third string friends. These guys were like proximity fucking because you're in my neighborhood type friend right and look my other friends my core friends hung out with them sometimes and when i was around them it was fine because there was that layer of like okay i'm only here because of my friend right and it's fine and so like i don't know if you've ever had or known anybody like this where it's like yeah i only know you because of my friend and i'm pretty sure I, i think that's a more relatable thing where it's like I only hang out with you because my friend is here. But I was a kid and I wanted to fucking hang. I was bored. I didn't want to stay inside the house. So I went to... Uh, okay, so there was two of them, right? One of them was a set of brothers. And one of them was this kind of jockey, athletic type. You know, he always wanted to, like, be with all the girls. He, you know, he just was trying to be Mr. Popular. I don't know if he ever was, but... I knew he hung out with a lot of popular people and he did things. So whatever, he was he was towing that line. His brother, on the other hand, dude, and I'm not even trying to be mean because I was, I was cool with these people, but it was just like his brother was like, man, dude, he was just like kind of like the poster child for like gluttony and, and laziness, dude. This kid, I never saw him come outside the house with pants that weren't falling off his ass, with his shirt too big, with boogers streaming down his nose, with his hair full of fucking uh, dandruff. Like, the guy was a mess, dude. And we were almost the same age. I think I was like 9 or 10, and he'd be a year older than me. And I was like, guy, get it together, man. Like, and I'm a kid, and I'm telling this fucking guy. But he was just, he was, I mean, dude, he let himself go so fucking early. It's insane. Like he had his midlife crisis, like at fucking five or something. Cause this kid was in bad shape anyways. 
I went over to their house to see what was good. I mean, they had the Sega Genesis, which was like it, dude. If you knew anybody who had a Sega Genesis, you were in a different reality because it was all Nintendo. You know, that's all I knew. You, you had the Nintendo, I'm fucking pulling up. But this guy had the Sega Genesis, and it was just like, what the fuck games can you play on here? The games are always so different. I felt like they were just, I don't know, they were just fucking different. So I'd go there to be like, okay, let me hang out and and uh, play the Sega Genesis with you, hold this weird-ass controller. But always, dude, I, I had to bail because, like, the, the system was in his room, and his room fucking stunk, bro. It was bad. It was like, and they kept the windows open, so it was like... How was the smell still staying in here? There should be fresh air coming in, but it was that bad, dude. So I would have to bail. And so, you know, after I'd bail there, I'm like, okay, walking around, still fucking bored out of my mind. There was this other guy. And for reasons, because whatever, dude, like I'm not, I don't want to say their names just because how I, how I viewed them as a kid, you know, might be damaging, but it's like, dude, that's all I perceived to be. If you think it's you, whatever, man, I can't help you. But look. So there was this other guy, and he was a, a little bit older than me, and um, he was probably like 13 when I was 9, but that's a fucking, that's a huge difference too. I mean, you're talking like like a wave of difference, right? You're already in middle school, I'm still in uh, elementary, so there's, so this guy was just, he was the definition of spoiled brat. But uh, he was a spoiled fucking kid, man. And, 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 but his mom, she was a single mom. So she was just trying to do the best she could. And she tried to like, you know, get him everything he wanted, but then in turn turned him against her. And it was fucking crazy going over there because like, he was this like shit talker to his mom. But his mom would smack the shit out of him and then he would cry, like openly weep <laughs> in front of me, dude. And I would see and, I, and and it was so fucking awkward going over there. It's like I would like I would equate it to like if you ever have like a couple, you know, that like you hang out with, but they fight in front of you. Like it is the worst, dude. Anytime you gotta be in the middle of a of a yelling match or a situation, you're like I don't want to be here right now. Can we just not like, dude, like I fucking would never, man. Like, it, it, you know, when you go over to friends' houses, like it, it would happen when I was a kid, I'd go over to friends' houses and, um, you know, like you hear them like yelling with their parents and their parents would just, that's fine. That's one thing that's like, um, you know, you're just you're just hearing them have an argument about cleaning the room or doing the dinner. whatever needed to happen and didn't get and didn't happen whatever. But this was different, dude. This was like we would be hanging out, right? And and oh, look, the other reason why I like to all this is like uh, all the reasons why I wanted to go hang out with them is all like materialistic because they had stuff like I didn't have and I wanted to be around said stuff, right? So uh, I I went over to his, his apartment. And so sometimes his mom would be there and sometimes she wouldn't in this particular occasion, like she was, and she was making food or whatever. And, you know, South Park had obviously been out for a while and it was the biggest fucking thing ever. Like this kid had his whole room basically dedicated to South Park. And it was cool because he had these fucking, these sort of uh, big, I don't even know what you call them. Uh, My daughter calls them plushies or 
you know, these, there were these like squishy, big blown up, almost like a teddy bear, but like, but, but the South Park characters, you know, they were like, anyways, and though, I don't know, dude, I thought they were fucking cool. He had all this South Park memorabilia. I thought that was like so fucking cool. I just wanted to like check out all his stuff. I mean, his mom, like I said, would spoil him with shit because, uh, I guess his dad had left or whatever. They'd split up. And so she was just kind of like trying to show him affection by buying stuff. But all he took that as is like, he could ask for something and he got it. And so, and then in this case, like, I'd go over to his house because he had a Nintendo 64, but he had all these fucking crazy games, dude. He had, like, every single fucking game that came out for Nintendo 64. Like, cartridges on cartridges, man. And so what would happen was he thought he was slick sometimes. He'd be like, we'd be playing, hanging out, and his mom would ask him to do something. And he'd be like, no, mom, fuck you. Like, he would just sail this shit, and she would call him over right to the kitchen and i would just be in his room chilling dude get this hold on i didn't even mention the fucking the biggest part and i realized this when i got older let's pause that let me tell you the 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 setup of this place okay it was a one bedroom apartment right one room living room kitchen kitchen and living room were basically meshed together and i can see the apartment right now like perfectly the the one room that was kind of decently sized was his room. She had given him his own room of the only one room they had. Like, and, and I mean, you know, bed, everything, the room was decked out with all his shit. And now I guess, dude, I'm just fucking realizing this. Too. I'm like, I realized this years ago that that had happened, but because I was talking to a buddy about him, but. I'm just realizing in real time that, like, this motherfucker, not only did he have the room, but he decked it out with all his shit that his mom had bought him. Dude, the mom was sleeping on the couch, right? She had nothing that I could really see. I mean, they they had the one closet that they shared. And it's nothing on it. Like, I'm not saying, like, that's shitty. I'm just saying I understand that's what they could afford, and these apartments weren't great. So I understand, like, the situations. Like, totally, I get it. But I'm just like, man, like, this, like... The mom was like, loved this kid so much. She gave him the room. She didn't have to. They could have fucking, I don't know, slept in the same bed or whatever. I mean, that still would have been kind of weird. But I know for a fact that she slept on the couch because she all her shit was on the couch, like the blanket, the pillow and all that stuff. So, and look, this guy was a rare hang. It was never, I'd, I'd say in, a, in my whole time, I probably hung out there three or four times. But every time I went, I guess he would try to show off and, uh. And just talk shit to his mom, dude. And then, like, <laughs> his mom would call him. She'd go. And then you'd hear this fucking smack, dude. And then he would cry. Like, he would cry like a baby. <laughs> he'd come back to the room. And he'd be crying. And I'm like, why do you do that? And he's like, no, because fuck her, man. <laughs> dude, it was crazy. He would talk shit to her. She would check him. And he would still do it. Like, it was wild. Like, I don't, I can't even imagine their dynamic when I wasn't there, you know? But it was just, it was like, damn, dude, like, it sucked because I wanted to hang there because of all the shit he had because I was, you know, it's materialistic. I'm a kid. But it was also like, fuck, this is like torture to be here, you know? It's like the worst environment you could ever fucking be in. And it's like, and then you take that moment to really appreciate your friends. You're like, dude, it could be so much worse. And so the next day when shit went back to normal... And, you know, you fucking, you, hang, you you meet up with your friends. You're just like, you don't even talk about it. You're just sitting there. Maybe you guys got some fucking, uh, like, slushies. And you're just sitting there hanging out. And you're just like, ah, oh, this is nice. You know, this is great. 
you were so appreciative because you're like, dude, what I could be having is so much fucking worse. Like, this is great. This is great. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I've talked about these friends before, too, on previous podcasts. I, I, I think I had that whole, it was about that Sandlot um, thing where you grew up and you're like, we were the last generation to play outside. And it was just like, you just didn't know, like, the last time you all were going to hang out. So those, dude, those friends were, like, awesome as shit. Like, growing up, you couldn't have gotten better, honestly. And, um... There's proof that we have no idea how the internet works, man. I got... I got an example. All right? So, a couple of weeks ago... Uh, this, yeah, I know y'all know this page. Foo's Gone Wild, one of the best fucking pages... Um, they posted this guy who's singing the, who's rapping this song where he's like, uh, <laughs> he goes, I hit her with the sh sh sh. And then she asked me why I sh sh sh. But then I tell her, I go sh sh sh. So anyway, he's just like doing this fucking Mexican sort of like whistle shit, whistle, but like blowing air, I don't know, type shit. <laughs> so, and, so uh, my, my friends send that to me in the in our group chat and, you know, we're fucking dying laughing because it's ridiculous. I mean, there's like some gold like goat comments in there about this guy, right? Come to find out this guy is actually from my city and he's uh, I guess he started a rap career. I and then the more I watch it because it's so addicting because you're like, there's no way he put this out himself. Right. Because it's so ridiculous. And the more I look at it, I was like, oh, I know this guy, right? I, I used to see him around, like, skating and stuff. And there's another guy on the on that same track, and I used to see him skating, too. And they're, you know, they're covered in face tattoos and just, you know, really looking the part for, like, the current state of hip-hop right now. Well, I don't know what you would call it. I don't know if it's hip-hop, but it's more or less, I don't know. It's like, it's this sort of, like, sound cloudy vibe to it. But anyways, so I see that, and I go, man... This guy, right, does this song, and for all we know, he could be like, fuck it, I'm just going to do some, like, really crazy, <laughs> like, really crazy shit. He puts this out as an actual song of his, and and then Foo's, Go Foo's Gone Wild poses it, because, of course, they have to. Like, it's it's everything in their DNA to be like, I'm going to post this shit. So, they post it, and then, dude, get this, right? This is how you know, this is nowadays it becomes like a real song, like, uh, you know, on Instagram, the Instagram reels, somebody, you know, takes that makes, you know, you can take the audio and then kind of just put it to anything you want. That song is trending now as, as one of these like songs you can use on a reel. I don't know about TikTok. I don't have that shit, but if it's on there too, I mean, I can't imagine this guy just does this song and it's a hit dude. Like, but that, that's how shit is nowadays. Like you, you don't like. I guarantee you, there's guys working on their fucking shit on their craft. They're like, "All right, yo, fucking eating spaghetti. <laughs> I I got money. I throw it like confetti. Uh, <laughs> I don't know some dumb shit, whatever. But they're actually working on it. They're actually doing a career. They're actually trying. And and they get nowhere. They get like fifty views, fifty hits. I don't know on on anything. And they have to keep proving themselves and proving themselves that they got to, hey, I can, I can rap like this continuously. I can do different beats. 
And then this guy just puts his song out. It's a fucking hit. Like, it's a hit because, because it's not a hit, you know? Like, it's almost a, a, like a gimmick, like a gimmick song, you know? Where it's like if Weird Al Yankovic was so inclined to <laughs> to do a, a parody on something and then he would do this, you know? So anyways, but like the internet stays undefeated because you go, there's no way this guy is going to hit it big. And then he might <laughs> off this song. So you're like, I don't know how this works anymore. You know, um, it's, it's, I, I feel like fame and all that shit is unpredictable. I also feel like you can be famous, but you got to get the right people to get you there too. Like, like when you hear about, or when you see people come out of nowhere, you're like, how the fuck did you just come out of nowhere? It's cause you know, they have agents, they have managers and, you know, but they probably have to do some fucking lurky backdoor deal where it's like, look, we can put you on everything. We're going to, we're going to shoot you straight to the moon, but you're going to have to give us half of all. And then you fucking sign the deal and you're like, you're getting all the hits and shit, but then you're like, you watch their cribs and they're like, welcome to my apartment. You're like, what? Don't you have like a 10 number one songs out right now? You're all, yeah, you know, it's a one bedroom. It's, I just want to keep it cozy. You're like, they're just lying. They're like, yeah, I just, I don't want a lot of stuff. And it's like, no, they took you for a ride on your contract. But, or you, nobody wants to sign you and you do something like this. You make a fucking quick hit song and sure, look, by all means, he might not go anywhere with this, but dude, even if he makes five grand off that shit, that's still five grand more than anybody of us doing almost absolutely nothing. I always think like if you were able to do a song like that and you were smart in the sense of like, take this money and invest it in something, or put it away, because who the fuck knows, but obviously it's not going to happen, the guy probably already blew any money coming into him, uh, currently, you know, and, and even at that, any money seen after that, you know, like, that's what happens to mo- most of these SoundCloud rappers, like, you think it's all going to be there, and it's all going to be good, but uh, as we've seen, like, there's just some careers that, I mean, you gotta, dude, you have to either prove you can be that same sort of energy, or the hat trick's over. Like, they're going to see through you. They're going to be like, oh, oh, so you only do that. Okay, yeah. No, I'm going to do something completely fucking else right over here. So, you know, who knows, dude? <laughs> I'll be talking about this dude again if he comes up with another hit that fucking makes it big. But if I don't, then, you know, nothing happened. But that's interesting, man. You just fucking never know. It's It's just the world decides... Or, again, you're put in that position, but you got to give something else up. And there's so many people have talked about that in the music industry where they're like, uh, I think, what's his name? Uh, Chester from Linkin Park. He talked about how, like, the early contracts of Linkin Park where some people wanted their touring money, dude. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, what else could you want? Like, Like, we're doing everything. And I mean, but that's the fuck. That's also like, imagine somebody like told you, hey, you want to make a hundred grand a year and you don't have to write one fucking song. Like, dude, Joey Ramone's brothers like uh, hell uh, has his estate and he sold like 10 percent of it to them for no, no, I think more than half. I'm sorry, but he got 10 million dollars out of it, dude. Imagine that you're. You're the brother you're entrusted with, like, this huge estate of, like, the Ramones, essentially, like, 
and and you have the right to just sell off a couple of songs or whatever you know whatever Joey had towards the end of his life, and to be like, yeah, now I just make ten million dollars like that, like crazy, dude. And my wife asked me last night too, like, how does uh, like how does Selena's family still make money off her? Because that's like the I guess the the go to cheap shot here from my city. Well, because she's from uh, I guess she's from my city or whatever, and. Uh, Anytime there's like a product featuring Selena, people are always like quick to be like, her family's making money off her name, let her rest in peace. And um, yeah, I'm just like, why do you care? <laughs> like, it's so crazy how much people care about that, that, like logistics after somebody passes. It's like, that's fine, I guess. But like, so my wife was asking me, like, how does that work? I said, well, you know, I'm pretty sure her dad or her parents, somebody owns the estate of Selena, which is her likeness, her music, her lyrics. Like, you can dissect her into probably 10 things of, like, that her name was attached to. And then her brother and sister probably make music off, uh, uh, make money off the music because I think what the brother helped her write the lyrics. I mean, I'm pretty sure he gets a cut every time the song gets played or whatever the case is, you know. But... So she was asking me that, and I was like, yeah, the same thing with Elvis, Tupac, anything Kurt Cobain, who was ever in charge of their estate, gets to kind of call the shots on what they want to do, whether that's merchandise, you know, or use of the song in a movie, a TV show. But still, dude, a lot of that is cleaned up by the record label. The record label owns a lot of the masters of these people, and they make the 80% chunk of that fucking money, and then the other 20% is given maybe maybe they got it like that to the family but then the family only sees okay so if a song is what i've heard is for an artist to get their money even like a play or whatever they have to do somebody has to play their whole song all the way through from beginning to end like you can't there can't be three seconds left and then you hit skip right it's got to be played in its entirety which is come on that's just like bullshit i think super technical bullshit of like well i mean there's three seconds left so you don't get that three cents you would have made off it like the only person is that make, that's making real money off this shit is like Drake or any other like high uh, high uh, grossing or high listening artist. They're making like actual checks off that shit. But now, say a I don't know a two million dollar check comes in for for Drake, right? Depending on what song or whatever, like people get pieces of all that shit before he even gets his check. I'm pretty sure it's still a decent check, and I'm two million. I'm probably underselling the shit out of it. But I mean, he probably does two million a month. I don't even know off of just streams from all the streaming platforms yeah it's got to be fucking more than two million a month just off that so this dude he's just still making music off of shit he's already done but like i said each stream <coughs> gets a piece taken from them from whoever owns the masters same thing with i mean dude elvis got fucked in his contract because that guy saw um i forgot who the guy is but uh his manager who discovered him had him sign a contract that, like, fucked the shit out of Elvis constantly, dude. It was insane. Like, if he was to, like, him being on tour was just super overworked. He was, and it was making, I mean, sure, he made money. Yeah, but, dude, the amount of money he could have made had his manager not fucking taking him for a ride. Who knows, you know? So, so Chester was talking about that, how some people wanted their touring money. And it's like, dude, during the whole transition from CD sales to streaming, like, that's the only way people were making money on tour. And I'm pretty sure it's still the same way with a lot of bands, that and merch. And you got to be, I guess you got to be careful with all that shit. I mean, I don't, I'm no expert in the music industry, but just from what I hear on the on the outside, it's kind of like, 
it's almost setting you up to fail if you're a high selling artist. There was a what was it like? Like because Bill Burr talked about this on a podcast where he said he talked to some band that owned all their owned all their music but sold two thousand copies. Right, something like very low like that. If they would have signed with a major, they would have sold millions of copies, but gotten almost just the same as much as if they sold 2,000, right? So what's the difference? He's like, do you want to own 100% of something and get 100% of the profits or own like a quarter of it and, you know, get that exact same thing? So, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, the internet chooses who who's up next for, for our entertainment, and this guy seems to be that for the moment, you know? Um I can't imagine having that responsibility of like you're you're famous for 15 minutes and like it hits everybody differently right like like for example like J. Cole right when J. Cole was gaining steam he could if he was somebody else could have been like oh I'm gonna make this great album and then drop off you know he could have he could have rested on his laurels and just stayed who he was like and just did one album and nobody would have remembered him or he takes that the route he did which is like put out music put out more consistently make it good and and then he hit and like somebody like a little pump or something like he had those 15 minutes of fame and he was going for a little bit he had about 25 minutes worth of fame but I, nobody's fucking talking about him now there's nobody saying anything about him now he would say different that he's doing fine, which is, yeah, sure, financially it might be fine because other people put your money in places or it helped it grow and maybe you're not doing so bad. But musically, nobody's going out. Nobody's waiting on a fucking, on a little pump album. That's just, that's just what it is. It's just facts. Like, so with this guy having this moment where he's like, he's got some steam, he can drop the bag very easily because it's easy. You just don't, you just do nothing. You just do nothing and you can fuck up perfectly. Or you can, uh, like Lil Pump and all those dudes, uh, all those dudes did you can take the steam you got and you can fucking squeeze out a little bit more of that juice maybe make a career out of it i don't know but you know only time will tell but it's crazy man like <laughs> like we get to choose because it, well it's like the internet provides it and then we get to go like yeah like this guy and then the second it's not like no nah, fuck this guy no no it the the ball can be dropped so easily and that and that's just the crazy thing i think of like when i see stuff like that i'm like man if this guy makes a million before me fucking great dude anyways i'm gonna move on from that i'm done with that because uh yeah i can't imagine him making a million and i'm right here (laughs) it's ridiculous dude i don't need a million to be happy but i'm just saying like it's just crazy how uh my my homie vic had sent me a long time ago this uh (laughs) this meme it's like a it's like cut into four, uh, like four boxes and it's a, (laughs) oh no, wait, it's not this. No, 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 no. What it is, is just a guy putting on like a clown costume saying like, (laughs) uh, wake up, let's get this bread. Also knowing that there's an 11 year old making like whatever, $10 million on your $13 million per episode on YouTube or some shit like that. And, uh, we always like, uh, now in, the, in our chat we always kind of like reference let's get this bread you know like just because it's like ridiculous how 
you know how the how the times are right now. You can you can be third. You can be eleven showing off toys, making millions, or you can be uh, a girl showing off everything and making millions, or you can be like a just a regular person making making dick all of for forty hours a week. I mean, you make enough; it's all good. But still, like the uh, the the scale of like there used to be middle class when I was a kid, right? There used to be like there was poor. There was like you're on the brink of poor. There's like, like ah, like a little bit below middle class, middle class, upper middle class, upper upper middle class, and then you had fucking redonk, right? Now it feels like it's redonk or you're just poor, like nothing in between. And like the in between, I mean, it just gets lost in all the gray matter. You're just like trying to stay afloat. You're constantly somebody throws you like a little, uh, like what are those little the lifesavers? Or whatever they're called. I mean, I know that's a candy, but it also in the shape of a lifesaver. Okay, work with me here. And so you're just staying afloat constantly. You're just bobbing for water. Just, you know, God forbid a medical fucking bill comes your way. And you're just like, like you're, you're taking on water, but like you can come up a little bit for air. It's like, shit, man, such a different fucking world we live in. And, uh. You know, I, I constantly get reminded you run into these like um, these videos online where like they go, yeah, the, the price of a, of a house cost this much in 1960 or 1970. And then you're like, your price of a house today, dude, it's and I, and I know I've said this before, but like the, when you when you watch the realty in California, dude, you want to you just. You go, why is anybody living there, dude? Why? Like. Dude, there's a house smaller than mine. Wor- million, a million. It is crazy, dude. You, like, I get it. Like that, the in some way, like the cost of living is higher there, so maybe the minimum is higher. But still, dude, even if you were doing the minimum, which is like fifteen dollars over there, it's like fuck, dude. The things you have to do just like what's an apartment? Eighteen hundred dollars, like a month. What? And it's like half. <laughs> half bed, half bath, no shower, just just the fucking. You gotta go use a communal shower. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. For eighteen hundred, you gotta share a shower. Like, what a slap in the face, dude. Then you were like, oh, dude, but I gotta get, I gotta go to L.A., dude. Gotta make it happen. And sure, I get it, but fuck, man, you might catch warts on your foot from from the showers. You wear sandals, anyway. Okay, let me. I'll move on, dude. Wanted something cooler. Uh, Nike SB announced the uh, the return. I guess yeah. I guess it's the return of the eBay Dunk, which is uh, I remember being super into SBs and and hearing about those hearing about those dunks because uh, uh, the whole the whole thing behind it was it was for charity, right? They made these special ebay dunks that were for charity and they ended up going for about thirty thousand dollars and um that's cool because you know like i I think it was for the brecken foundation or something like that and so what they did was they sold the one pair to the person who bought them who got them and then any samples of that shoe were destroyed so they chopped them up so they nobody would buy them to resell them and they cut them specifically in like, and I think of like just they cut it twice, one near the toe box and one near the heel, and so they, and it was proof that like only one of one exists, 
So this person has that shoe. So what they did was they brought back the concept of this shoe by putting it, still making it look, they cut it, you know, they really cut the shoe, but they added this like plastic clear thing in between the pieces, which is, again, it's, it's cool because you can now wear the shoe, but also kind of like tell the history of it too. I mean, what a fucking conversa- conversation started of a shoe. You're at a party. Somebody's like, what the fuck are those shoes? Because <laughs> that's what I would imagine. Like, look. They're a cool shoe, but I would never wear them. Like, <laughs> you know, people are going to be like, what's up? You know, got something light on. You feel me? Got the eBay's on. You're like, yeah, those kind of look funny, dude. They're cool. Okay. Understand as a concept of a shoe, but I think on the feet, they're going to look fucking ridiculous, dude. And it's like that meme of that guy. Like, Nobody here knows I'm wearing eBay dunks. Like, yeah, because nobody cares, man. <laughs> Again, they, um, so so they, they came out, and I love the attention to detail. They even put um, clear gel sole at the bottom, so you can kind of see where it would be technically cut or whatever. And they released this, like, uh, commercial about it. And they got, like, 10 or 20 special boxes coming out where you can actually skate the box that it comes in. So that's pretty cool, but they're up for auction. I don't know. I think they're going for, like, 10. They're, they're all up to, like, $10,000 right now. Which is good for that foundation. I don't know anything about it, but... Like, <laughs> fucking no way. 10000 bucks for uh, for a shoe. Uh, but the box comes with the... It comes with a pair you can wear and, like, the destroyed pair, I think. I don't know. And then it comes with this cool commemorative saw. <laughs> like, Nike and their collection shit, dude. It's just like, here's a commemorative saw. Just a regular saw that they painted... And, um, so no, it's, it's cool, man. Like I would have never thought the resurgence of, of Nike SP would have happened, dude, because I was in that shit around 2007 at its peak, dude. And I was buying shoes almost every week and I was trying to keep up with all the latest drops. I mean, I was doing like research to find out like where you could find them, like legit pairs. I mean, I got taken for one pair. And th- and that is like, that's just the game, dude. You're going to get taken at least once. But it sucks because I traded a guy because he wanted them. And, and then he like hit me back up like, yo, dude, these are fake. I'm like, fuck, that's so fucking embarrassing. One, because I thought like, what if he thinks I was trying to put one on him, but I wasn't. I just, my knowledge of the of the legit was so like, uh young then that I, I couldn't call it and it, and you know so i just uh you know we, we traded back whatever and i just fucking burned them i think i think i set them on fire i don't remember what i did but i i was like fucking over them you know so but it's cool like it, it is cool to see nike kind of having this this surge of, of popularity again um yeah dude i dude at my peak i was buying they were called lots, right? You could go on eBay because this is when like SB was kind of dying. SB was on its way kind of down. You know, everything has ebbs and flows. And so Nike SB was on its way down. And dude, people were, were selling their, what again, what it's called a lot uh, of, of SB. So I had bought for 120 bucks, I bought six pairs of shoes. This guy, uh, it was like 120 or 150. I don't remember. 
But I remember just being super fucking nervous about sending the money because I was like, dude, I don't want to get taken for this. It's almost like 200 bucks. And uh, and then he was like, oh, send it to PayPal as a gift. I was like, uh-oh. You know, all the fucking red flags were kind of coming up. And so I sent the money. And fortunately, it all worked out. Like, I got my shoes in. It was great, dude. He had, like, some bangers in there. I sold some of them. Um, and it was just, it's crazy, man. And then I, I sold all my pretty much all the any collectible SBs I've had I still got I still have a few like Janowski's uh the mid-top Janowski's which are fucking real nice dude and um just a few dunks I just you know they they got nothing special special to them but uh I've got my first pair too like some high top dunks that I really liked I got those and that's what kind of kicked off the obsession so but it's cool too now to see people actually like skating their dunks like that's something um I really like to see is uh people skating the dunks just because it's like that that's what should happen you know like as much as you want to i don't know keep them in a box keep them fresh like fucking skate them shits dude that's like the best that's like the best part and anybody who knows if if you skated sb it's like they are a great shoe to skate i remember having some of the best sessions in those shoes and it's oh dude but the one dude the one thing that drove me up the wall was there was this one kid I went to high school with he didn't skate he just saw these pairs of shoes that he wanted they happened to be the what the dunk shoe right which was a collection of uh something like 20 shoes in 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 a pair of sneakers super sick shoe like super cool they did the patterns right it actually works you 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 think like all those patterns on one shoe would kind of like clash and not really work out but it works dude it's super good it's a really nice fucking shoe and the last at its lowest, it was going for like 700 bucks for a pair. At the lowest, when, when it was on the downtrend. Right now, I can't imagine what it's going for. And, uh, but dude, a fucking dead stock pair? Get the fuck out of here. But like, you know, most people have their torn up pairs. So there was this guy, and he had them. I was like, dude, how did you get those? He played this shit of like, I don't want to say. I'm like, okay, get the fuck out of here. I was like, they're fake then. Because if you can't tell me, then they're fake. Because legit anybody that i knew that was trying to get these shoes couldn't get them and so all of a sudden this rando at my school got them you know so anyways i go on we i get a job and he happens to work at the same job and he's working in these shoes he's fucking working in the parking lot dude just getting them all fucked up i said dude look let me buy those shoes off you like let me get them at like whatever the lowest you're willing to take because you're fucking these up and if they're gonna get fucked up i want to like skate them we we wore the same size so it worked out, but I never, he never sold him. He'd always tell me like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm going to sell him but he never sold him. The last time I saw him, dude, and this was years ago, those, what the dunks were fucking, dude, he like, he like took a shit in them or something. I don't know. They were so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> and so now, you know, I wasn't going to buy them off him, but it was just crazy to see that pair in person and to be like, they're just destroyed and skated. It, it really like, it sucked, but I don't know. Like skate culture, it's weird, man. Skate culture came up; it's it's at its peak. I think again, it was it was kind of on the decline, um, and it's it's kind of made its way coming up. And now we got fucking skater of the year coming up. And those who know know, you know, skater of the year is just one of these things that it used to seem to be like when you got it, it's because you you put in the most work, you put in the most. Uh, from what I understand, at least in the 90s, maybe early 2000s, 
it was this, this guy's been killing it all year. He's put, he had a sick video part, even if it was just one, but he's maybe doing ads, you know, he's winning contests. I think they looked at a lot of that stuff. And, uh, now what seems to be happening is like the trend of the past five years has been like skate, do a video part, but put it out closer to the ends. So it's fresh in people's minds, you know, like some people will do like an early in the year video part. It's like sick, but then people forget and then they'll drop maybe another one about three months in, maybe four months. And then the, the trend now is they're, they're fucking dropping three to four video parts a year because they're shooting, they're gunning for that, that skater of the year. And that's cool. I mean, whatever, you know, it doesn't fucking matter. It's just a, it's just a title of a thing. I think it's just like uh, something you want to win for like a day and then people forget. I don't know. Maybe it gets you paid more on the companies. I've never really looked into that. Kind of like the Super Bowl, like... You know, like all those people get a little a little bonus for winning the Super Bowl. I wonder if they, these guys get a bonus for like winning Skater of the Year. But so right now it's down to these four guys. It's down to Nigel Houston, uh, Tristan Funkhauser, Louis Lopez, and oh, uh, Tyshawn, Tyshawn Jones. And I gotta say, man, the only person I want to see win this one is Louis Lopez. That dude. His style is crazy good. If you ever like watch this skating, um, you should. It's 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 really like uh, when he was a younger kid, dude. He was like a little shredder, dude. He fucking would do big rails, big gaps, big stairs, all, all of it. And now you know he's kind of chilled out. He got on a fucking awesome, which is kind of like this brand where like if you skate a curb cool, like you can get a clip, you know, or. You ollie high like a like a high ledge and you five like you give it a five oh kiss, it's like that's a clip. And that was a whole nother thing too. I mean, I'll get back to the skate of the year thing, but like it's crazy to see how skating has kind of changed where like the hometown hero can now be pro, but they don't want the actual hometown hero. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of these pros that just turn pro for these companies skate like the hometown hero, like he can do almost anything and really crazy shit, but he's not pro because he's not worthy of being pro. But somehow through like the homie connection, he's like, yeah, he's on the team and uh, he can tail slide a really high ledge, but that's about it. And like, uh, like that Supreme video just ca uh, came out, play dead. And I was like, oh, I mean, this is sick, but it's also like a lot of the dudes I know can skate like this, you know, like a lot of the, a lot of the guys I know back then even could have skate like this. I don't know. Look, I'm just saying that, like, I know that the state of skateboarding has changed, and that's fine. I know that I'm, like, I'm not even skating them that much anymore, and I'm kind of, like, my my heart's in it, but my, my I'm not in it to do it anymore. You know, I, I got a work job and all that stuff like that. So when I watch these videos, I go, man, dude, like, I knew dudes who were doing this, you know? Like, they're, like, for example... There was a clip of like, and this was in one of the dude's parts. He, he tail stalls on a staircase and he, you know, sure he ollies and he fifties a small rail, but that's like, dude, that's like throwaway footage. That's like tour goof off footage, but that's in his part. And I think this is just another example of like how skateboarding isn't just skateboarding now. It's like, you got to fit this like cool look or this look of like, you don't give a shit that it comes out sketchy or like that your style is shit. It's just kind of this where we're like we do 
epic, like big drops or something like, I don't know. It's, it's cool. Like, but it's definitely not what I grew up on. Like I grew up on like tricks, you know, like my era is probably like 98 to like 2010. And so in that time it was all about like the things that changed so much was like, you had to have like a big ender at your, uh, at the end of your video part that became like the thing, right. The hammer. And then, but what also, uh, but, but what mattered was like the tricks, like in style. And now it's just kind of like more or less style tricks kind of come second. And, um, you know, if you can wear a Supreme fleece pullover while doing so, then, you know, your video part will kill. But I'm hoping Louis Lopez gets that skater of the year, man. I think he deserves it this year. Uh, Nyjah, I mean, his parts were fucking epic and he rips, obviously. I'm not a fan of his skating because it's so robotic and so, like, kind of jockey to me. Like, like uh, if skateboarding had jocks, Nyjah would be, like, the guy in the movie who was like, you can't skate with us, bro. You know, just super bro guy. I mean, look, he, on paper, he's the fucking, he's a shredder killer. I know this. But, you know, his whole vibe is just not something I think is like skateboarding. But that's just my personal opinion. Tyshawn oh, obviously deserves it. The dude he fucking rips and kills. Side note to Tyshawn, he's on a, he started a board company. He left FA and he went to a, I guess he made a company called King Skateboards. I, you know me, dude. I'm all about starting your own shit if you can do it but come on with the name dude come on with the name tyshawn king skateboards dude that's what a 13 year old out of middle school or high school calls his board company you could have came up with something way better that's like i'm not with that i don't like that <laughs> and uh, you know i'm gonna offer my thing up slab skateboards sure you could say that wasn't a great name i don't care but like it king skateboards dude come on that's just it's too obvious. I think you're better than that, man. That's all I got to say. Um, Tristan Funkhauser, uh, another guy. I'm like, he does epic shit, but dude, somebody, uh, on the, they commented on his video part, like not one flip trick in the whole part. He did one, he did like a nollie heel, but it was like, he basically just turned his board a lot and he did like a lot of drops and it was gnarly shit, but it was just kind of like, uh, it kind of feels like that part in the Lords of Dogtown where he's like, he didn't do one zippity doo or one Rainbow Road. Like, you know, uh, when fucking Jay takes the, the stage of the of that skate competition. It's kind of like that where, like, you want to be like, dude, you kind of didn't flip your board at all. <laughs> and then the problem they had was he, he was flipping his board in the 70s or whatever. And so, uh, I don't know, dude. I'm pulling for Louie. That's who hopefully wins it in the front runner. But at the same time, I don't care who wins. <laughs> Because it doesn't matter. So, anyways, dude, this that does it for me for this episode, man. You know, some weeks are harder than others to get these out because sometimes I'm so busy at work. I have to, like, get in an, uh, an episode when I can. And I want to, man. I look forward to doing it. So, if this episode seems a little chopped up, it's because, you know, I had to record at any opportunity I had. But, you know, dude, we're chopped, never slopped. All right? And I'm bringing it to you each week. Because I love you guys. And... You know, I need to give you this entertainment. I need to give you this uh, this little hang we do week to week. So, uh, again, man, just reminding wherever you listen to it, dude, subscribe to it, like it, write a review, whatever you got to do. All right? I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week.